This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 414, for Monday, September 6th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. We rescheduled last week, but Stephen is here. You can find him at Stephen ESC on all the social media that matters. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you, Mr. Duggan? I am good, question mark. I don't normally do two <laughs> podcasts in one day. But I just recorded the spawn chunks this morning with uh, with Johnny. Uh, there is a new Minecraft announcement coming to everyone on October sixteenth. Minecraft Live is oh, nice. uh, is going to be the thing, and that's where they're going to talk about what's coming next in Minecraft. So we had a lot of fun this morning speculating on what that might be, uh, and uh, and where it might be going. Most of the talk was about the the mob vote. Uh, which is happening again. Uh, we don't know what mobs they are. We'll we'll probably get bits of information over the next few weeks. You live streamed the last one with Johnny. Do you plan on doing that one again? Yep. Yeah, we do that every year. Yeah, ever since we started the show, we, um, we oh, nice. use Johnny's Twitch channel just because he's got more followers, so it makes more sense to put it there. Um, nice. So, yeah, he hosts the show, but then I like host stream on my channel on twitch as well i'm not live mm. on my channel we're all in the one chat room because it just makes more sense uh sure. we, we talk about it live we will have to discuss how we approach it the last couple of years we've covered the entire event uh last year where it was digital only was easier because there was less of a stage show because right. of COVID 19 um <clears throat> but this year i imagine it'd be much the same and uh i don't know how like i I don't necessarily want to cover the dog and pony show that they normally do. Uh, right. I'll talk. I like to talk about the news, but like it's just there's there's stuff that they tend to put out for the younger crowd, which is not really that engaging when you're there live, you know, as two people that cover the the game. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's um, it's always at least good information throughout the entire thing, and we have a live chat usually full of people from our community from the spawn chunks that contribute to that and um but basically this morning on the show we were speculating that there may be an update to the end around the corner um they just did a, an oh. end related dlc for minecraft dungeons so there's already like a lot of art and ideas and colors and themes and things that happened in that uh, so that might be something that happens uh but at the same time interesting the uh the caves and cliffs update which um is still not done like they're still working on that that's coming out the second half of that is coming out at christmas time and that is a huge undertaking so i don't know if going after the end another huge undertaking is going to be the next thing that they do they might give themselves a breather uh, would be my guess (laughs) maybe attack some smaller things there's a bunch of biomes that they said they were going to update years ago and they still haven't gotten to it yet so um there's i I mean there's lots that could be done there's there's lots of potential in minecraft there always has been it's one of the reasons i i think i still play it 
at this point, all we know is that there's going to be an announcement. We won't know more or be able to speculate anything tighter until we have, usually there's little animated um, shorts that they put out uh, that talk about like, here's the Moo Bloom, it's the flower cow, vote for this right. one. And then they'll have different things over there. But do you, do you guys keep up on the Minecraft news in your household? I have started to more now that ever since streaming, <laughs> Minecraft interests me so much more than it used to. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I not that it didn't interest me, but now I'm, you know, I guess, I'm more curious about the nuances. And my sons have been following it for a while, and so and and, and now that you know that daddy's into it, it's uh, we kind of have plans where oh it's it's at this time on this day, cool. I'll take my lunch break at that time, and then we'll sit down together and. And watch it. So it's become a bit more of a family affair in the past year and a half, which has been, which has been really nice. Cool. Um. Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm really curious to see what they've got, what they've got planned. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but. So it's uh October 16th, which is a Saturday at uh 12 Eastern, so 1 p.m. for us local. Nice. So that'll be the better part of my Saturday that day, I would imagine. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. The The other thing that's bouncing around in the news, speaking of news, is uh, we, we have a federal election happening in Canada and the campaign is half over already. It's a bit of a oh quickie. Um, and I won't get into the weeds of it, but I wanted to remind our listeners of something that I recommended a little while ago, which is uh, the Party Lines podcast. So if you are a Canadian and you're concerned about the election or you're, I mean, hopefully you're going to be voting in it. Uh, I would really highly recommend that you listen to Party Lines from CBC. Now, it's not your typical CBC podcast. It's much more higher energy and and um, I don't want to say funny, but like they do have a good laugh now and again on the show. Um, only in the way that people laugh when they're kind of exasperated with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's hosted by Rosemary Barton, who is the chief political correspondent for CBC, and uh, Elamin Abdul Mahmoud, uh, who is a culture writer for BuzzFeed News, if I remember correctly. I'll have links to both of their Twitter accounts in the show notes, along, as well as a link to the, to the podcast. Um, it's short, it's sweet, it's easy to digest. They don't get into... They get into policy, but they get into it in a way that they explain it to the average person and why it matters and what the difference are between the platforms and things. And um, I I really enjoyed their take on it. And nice. usually what they're trying to do is try to figure out what is the most important thing to Canadians. And I appreciate that. I, I think that they they do a good job of like asking listeners to tweet like what do you want us to talk about next and like you know last week everybody was just like climate change could you please (laughs) talk about the elephant in the room that Mm. no one else seems to be addressing because covid is obviously taken front and center uh in a lot of ways uh in the campaign so like it's one of those things where like they just please can you explain you know some of the party's positions on uh on climate change etc so um that was an interesting episode as well so i again not to go on too long about it, but uh, Party Lines, CBC, good, good, good podcast. Once a week comes out on Thursdays, and I think it'll help people keep informed. Certainly beats reading newsletters. I can tell you that much, mm. you know. So is that, has that podcast been, is it is it a newer one that was just recently introduced specifically for uh, leading up to the, uh, specifically leading up to the election or has it been around for a little while now no it's been around for several years i'm pretty sure <laughs> that they started it leading up to the 2019 election so two years ago 
Okay. And then Elamine spun off a Monday show with all the stuff that was happening in the States. And so he was bringing in American reporters from the White House to talk. Um, oh, wow. But specifically talk about how policy and changes in the U.S. were going to be affecting Canada. So you'd have like american reporters but then he'd also bring in a canadian reporter who was stationed at the white house reporting white house news to canada and how would it affect canadians and so that was really interesting as well so there was a lot going on because you had you had the black lives matter news you had the covid news you had the trump stuff going uh and then eventually biden got elected like so they had a very busy kind of mm, like no covid kidding. year and then of course um during the after the election finished, the 2019 federal election for Canada finished, shortly thereafter, COVID was the biggest news. And so they had a short break, but then they basically were my source for the government's reporting and policy on COVID-19 as it happened. So they were kind of reporting from a political stance, like what was happening with COVID-19. And so I thought that hmm. was good as well. Cause like you had like, how are the liberals ha handling it? How are the conservatives talking about it? What's the NDP saying? They had a lot of uh, back and forth, which was, which was eye opening. I, I want to say nice. it was good. Cause it's <laughs> unfortunately they don't, they're not always <laughs> delivering you good news. Uh, it depends yeah. on what party you're swinging for. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, still delivered in a way that's, I think, uh, I don't want to say entertaining, but certainly accessible accessible and easier to digest like i said than reading like really dry news articles like mm. they 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 it's if you watch tv and you see a newscaster this is not that right like you're getting a conversation between two people that are very well versed in the news but they're not presenting it on national broadcast television like they have a lot more um casual I guess, delivery to their conversation. So it feels like you're just talking, you're listening to a couple of people that are just very knowledgeable, have a conversation, not that you're being delivered, you know, a mm. well-honed, like, um, what's the word I'm Teleprompter reading? Yes. Yeah. You're not, you're not getting a teleprompter read. That's, that's a really good analogy to draw. Yeah. You're not, you, that's not what you're getting. And that's what I mean nice. by it's, it's a lot different than most CBC podcasts that I've tried to listen to and I just can't do it. It's like, people whisper radio and asmr and i just i can't handle it i need to i need something <laughs> a little bit more natural in my my podcast but that's it that's what that's what's new with me i've just been back into uh party lines and doing a little bit of research on my own so what's new in uh, in your world oh my wife picked up a nice little fire pit for the backyard a couple of weeks ago and we've <laughs> we've been talking about it it feels like for years you know wouldn't it be nice wouldn't it be nice but then you know every once in a while this tiny little pocket of money pops up like oh that's not going towards a bill. And then, so she, uh, she, yeah, she picked it up. It's this nice little sort of black metal. Well, obviously metal, but it's sort of this black and gold paint finish on it. And it has a uh, moon and stars cut into it. And, and if you know my wife, she know, you know, she loves moon. So I'm, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, <laughs> an appropriate pick for her. So uh, it's got a grill on it, which we have yet to use. It has this nice floating ring around the outside of it that's attached by a couple of uh, supports, which, you know, it's meant to have your, your roasting sticks leaning against. So we've, we've made use of it once and we've got, had, took out the, uh, some marshmallows and some, some, uh, all, all, basically all the accoutrements to make, <laughs> to make s'mores. So we gave it the, the initial s'mores run because it was, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast before, but we took our back deck down last year thinking yeah okay you know 
COVID's here, we're at home. This would be a good time to tear the deck down and, and rebuild it. But everybody had the same idea. <laughs> so there was almost literally no lumber to be found. Like there, there were some lumber lots that are in some of the local towns that were empty, empty, like zero lumber at all, which was astonishing because they usually have stacks of wood all over the place. Either way, we took our deck down. We had to live throughout the rest of the year and last winter without it. But this year, part of what we did to help clean it up was uh, there are a number of stones underneath the deck. And when we dug them up, it turns out they were all like slate or um, not the word I was looking for. Flagstone, I guess, is the word. Right. So yeah. a lot of a lot of large flat stones. And we sort of just piled them off to the side of the yard. But we also decided to take a, a good number of them and and place them in this circle. And then we just dug them down in. So it's uh, it's not perfectly flat, but we kind of have this this nice stone level circle that we put in the the middle of the backyard so we you know measured everything out made sure it was as far as it needed to be from from all structures and anything flammable and stuff like that and we've got a it's great and then just by luck the diameter of the circle if we put our chairs right up to the edge of it it ends up being a nice distance to not have the smoke in your face you're still getting warmth off the fire but it's not blazing hot kind of stuff so it's mm-hmm. uh it's great and um we had a tree taken down recently and it was either we let them um, wood chip it and cart it away or save ourselves 600 bucks and then just cut it down ourselves. So we had a, a neighbor with a chainsaw. They cut it into manageable pieces for us, chopped that up. And now it's uh, it's all basically ready to dry over the course of the year so we can use it next year. But in the meantime, we bought some like a few bags of that kiln-dried kiln dried wood you can get at a grocery store or whatever. So... Yeah, no, we're, uh, it, it was good. Unfortunately, the rain has not been in our favor. So it's always been every night we've wanted to go do it. It's either going to rain that night or early, early in the morning. And we do, we have a special cover for it so that it doesn't get rained in. But it's it's kind of a nylon. Maybe it's not nylon. Either way, plastic fabric type stuff. There's a word for it. I just can't think of it right now. <laughs> so we don't want to stick that on it when it's still hot. So we would let it cool overnight and put it on. But mm. the rain would have happened before we would have had the chance to do it the next morning but one of the things that you can do is um to to alleviate like if you've got like wood that's a little bit wet is like if you just go buy a bag cheap bag charcoal you know just something Mm. to get just something to get coals going to then dry the because the food will just dry out while the coals are burning because the coals as long as the coals aren't wet they'll they'll burn (laughs) Uh, as someone that's been grilling on a barbecue all summer then uh, (laughs) yeah like you won't have too much trouble with that if you do ever get to use the grill let me know because i could certainly give you some some pointers i know you guys aren't super big um meat eaters but i i've grilled um zucchini a couple of times this summer Oh, uh, and that, and that's a direct thing. That's not a long cook. That's a hot coals, two minutes aside. You know, toss it with some olive oil, salt, and pepper beforehand, and then you're just you're done. Like it just it takes five minutes, um, mm. uh, which is really good. Depending on how thick you cook it, obviously, and, and how tender you want it. Um, same thing with broccoli. It it depends greatly on I guess the size of the grate, um, but you can also pick up cheap like fifteen twenty bucks um, vegetable grates that are meant to like go directly on a on a barbecue grill or an open fire and they just have a smaller mesh so right. so the bits That'd like cool. the, you know broccoli doesn't fall through and stuff like that the thing is that you'd have to cook over coals not over like a high flame because otherwise you're right. just going to burn stuff it has to be hot um but uh it's fun i it's it's really interesting learning you know about i mean i'm i mean i've camped before i'm sure you have too 
um, oh, yeah. building fires and stuff in the backyard is one thing. And I, I find it's different now. I'm doing mostly charcoal stuff, but I do use um, some wood chunks that I bought from Canadian Tire. And they're, I don't know, they're about a quarter log. So like you think about what a log would look like that you would throw on mm-hmm. on a on a on a bonfire that's split in quarters um then you cut that quarter down um horizontally again in half and then in half again they're just chunks like that that are meant to go on the barbecue and then they smoke and they create flavor for the food um so, so it's d- those pieces of wood do you actually place them on the grill at the top so that they're being heated from below not not actually in Oh no, they go right the on the wood. No, no, they go right on the charcoal. You need them to catch on fire. Oh, right on the charcoal. Yeah, you you turn they turn into charcoal over the course of the cook. Yeah. So what happens is for me, even though they're perfectly dried pieces of wood, uh they're I mean they're in my storage room. And then I put them on the grill, but you gotta wait for it to catch. So as I've learned, um you talked earlier about having smoke in your face. Uh there's a part when a log starts to burn where it's ba- it's mostly evaporation. And that's when mm. you get the white bitter smoke that bills around and blows in your face. <laughs> so it's like when you put a law, a new log in the fire, peace out for like three minutes, <laughs> like just go yeah. do something else. Because same thing with me, like when I put the the wood on the fire for me for smoking, I have to wait for that bitter white smoke to kind of go away and for a flame to catch. And and once the, the log is kind of engulfed in a decent flame, then you'll notice that the smoke starts to be more of a stream and it's more mm-hmm. blue. And that is the good kind of smoke that you want for food. It's also the kind of smoke that smells nice when you're walking down the street and somebody has a bonfire in the backyard and all that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff where it's still going to sting your eyes if it blows on you, but you're not going to, it doesn't smell acrid, you know, like it's, it's a decent, it it smells like campfire. It doesn't smell like you just got smoke in your face, you know? So, (laughs) so yeah, that's, and that's the kind of stuff that you want to cook over is when it gets to hot coals like that. And you have that kind of heat coming off. Um, All right. I'll definitely come in, uh, Pick your brain for, yeah. for some tips and whatnot. When for we sure. Do I could even like we, I mean, I've not seen your, your bonfire grill, but like if you, if you, we do that, then you can always come up and take a look at the, the kettle grill and just take a look and see how it would compare in size and oh, yeah. stuff like that. And I mean, geez, borrow some charcoal if you, if you want to. Nice. Moving on into what we have been watching over the last little week. Uh, I have actually consumed quite a few trailers uh, in the last little while. I feel like there's just been a lot of stuff coming out slash being mm-hmm. announced, etc. Um, I'm going to start with the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe trailer. Yes, another one from Netflix. It is a totally <laughs> different show. Uh, it's CG animated. So think like How to Train Your Dragon, that kind of a look. Um, and it's designed to be more in line with a series like troll hunters, that kind of thing. I don't recognize half the characters, so they've obviously got some designs and redesigns happening. Uh, it looks like it might be based more off the early two thousands. He man and the masters of the universe certainly (laughs) aimed at younger kids. And, um, it looks cool. Like I'm not saying it's different. So points for, for that. Uh, the character designs look neat. Uh, mix of of men and women in in the and I say men and women. I say I'm boys and girls. Like they all seem to be about teenagers in terms of the age range. Yeah. Um, but it looks action packed. Looks like it's going to have some some fun stuff to it. Uh, the question that I have is like, do we trust Netflix with this property after their botch with Kevin Smith and the Masters of the, of the Universe Revelation series? Um, I. <laughs> They probably should have had this one come out first, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, 
had they been thinking but again it's aimed at a very different audience i would imagine that the same people will probably check it out and hopefully they get it right this time i'm hoping it's mm-hmm. fun uh, i've been struggling looking for something decent animated to watch uh lately so i'll be checking cool. it out for sure yeah have you seen the trailer i, I checked the trailer right before um uh, right before we started recording so it, it reminded me of Shira in a little bit in the sense that it's as you said all of the characters in it are younger and what I like that they've done in both of them, it's not like the original He-Man where Adam was an incredibly buff guy that just gets different clothing as He-Man. So both Adam and Adora are much smaller like in, in stature. And then when they become like their She-Ra and He-Man counterparts, then they grow into like this eight foot mm-hmm. beast of a human kind of thing. So it's I, I, I like that about both of them so it, it does look very cool i'm I'm really curious to see how it, how it goes yeah tentatively optimistic i'd say just mm-hmm. from visual standpoints it looks good i'm not expecting it to you know hit any home runs with the writing given the crowd it's probably um aimed at but um, yeah. i also haven't gone so far as to look at to who the showrunners are what they've done before i just i'm a little bit soured from revelation so we'll just I know. I'll, I'll, when it comes out, I'm sure I'll notice it and I'll give it a try. I mean, I, I enjoyed the Netflix Transformers series for the most part. So um, I'll, I'll on that merit, I will at least give this a watch. In terms of Revelations, I have not seen it yet, but I did listen to your review of it. Knowing now what you know about the show, um, actually, I think I'm going to answer the question here because I'm remembering your your words, but would you not recommend it to anybody i i know there was some sourness about um it being called masters of the universe and not really and then not focusing on he-man almost at all but if if you knew it was going to be less about he-man would you still recommend it or is it still just that poorly done that you wouldn't recommend it to anybody it's one of those things where if you're going into it expecting to have it to be anything at all like a masters of the universe experience then don't or it just Mm -hmm. changes those expectations to watch it and then join in the nerd conversation it it, it, like it's the kind of thing where like if it's something that you think has been interesting or you feel like you've missed the conversation or you're hearing about it and you're not hearing good things but you still kind of want to see for yourself then i mean watch it it's not like it's a long investment i think there's only six episodes that are a half an hour okay so like it's not it's not a huge time sink um but i can't say that you're I can't say, oh, go watch it. You might enjoy it. There's a slim, mm. there's a slim chance of people liking it. And it's, and again, it's got very little to do. <laughs> okay. It's got little to do with the the bait and switch that Netflix and Kevin Smith pulled. It's got everything to do with the fact that it's just a poorly executed show, right? Okay. Like you just, it's, it lacks a lot of the things that, um, that you know we mentioned um i think it was lou and i were talking about what if the first episode um and we, you know you and i are going to talk about more today and mm-hmm. like that first what if episode with agent carter is a prime example of getting it right mm-hmm. and they got it wrong with revelation for for he-man so like it's the fact that both of those like both of those things exist you can actually draw the comparison like it would actually be an interesting um i think interesting thing to have seen them both um for people coming into it but i don't like you're not it's the kind of thing where unfortunately there's so much 
ire about it online, it's gonna, you're going to be hard-pressed to read or find a level-headed review. Most people right. are going to be like, this was fine. Or other people are just like, this was hot garbage. And there's no in-between. So it's um, really to try to find a balanced review, you kind of have to watch it yourself is the, right. is the, the brass tacks of it. But um, on the other side of things, uh, something that I am very excited for uh, is Spider-Man No Way Home. The teaser trailer for that dropped last, last week, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am looking forward to that immensely. So much so, um, as it just happens, I had watched Homecoming the weekend before the trailer. And then this weekend I watched, um, what's the one where he's on vacation? Homecoming, Long Way From Home? Something. Far From Home? Far From Home. Um, so I watched Far From Home just this past weekend. Nice. And <laughs> there's a number of things. I mean, one, they're just fun movies. Like they add a lot of humor to it. They do really well with it. Uh, the, I, Tom Holland just really nails, I think, especially in the second movie in Far From Home, the weight that's on Peter Parker mm -hmm. in Spider-Man. Uh, he, I just, he's just such a good kid with so much responsibility. Uh, but also kind of slides into that role by the end of the into the full Spider-Man. I have to man up and, and kick some tail here and really get to the bottom of this. And yeah. ended up but then, you know, he the bad guy ends up dying and he's he's upset about it. Like he's not like, yeah, bad guy got him. It's like, shoot. <laughs> like he died. I was trying to capture him. You know, like it was it was a a different feel, but uh, something that I think that this trailer captures with No Way Home is more of that humor. It opens up with a scene with Mary Jane and Peter um, sitting on the roof talking about how the world now knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and they're speculating that he might have mind control powers. <laughs> and that's why he's got this girlfriend. And she's like, oh, God, can we just do something else? And she's like, he's certainly my spider lord. And I just, yeah. I, um, Zendaya's delivery is so dry in these films that it's just, it really, it's, yeah, it's definitely my sort of sense of humor, but um, it quickly gets more complicated when um, he wants to undo what has been done, which is that everybody knows that he's Spider-Man and it's brought, um, I can't remember his best friend's name, Nate, um, the guy in the chair, um, Aunt May, uh, probably Mary Jane. And of other people like into the, you know, the, the, the government's crosshairs in terms of what's going yeah. on. And so he wants to get like undo this kind of stuff. And so he goes to Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange cats the spell to try to reverse everything. And all holy hell looks like it breaks loose with the multiverse. So I'm not exactly sure what's happening, but before the end of the trailer, there are, there's an electrical storm in the background there's a pumpkin bomb that comes in and blows up from the green goblin complete with, I think a cackle from Willem Dafoe and then uh, Alfred Molina reprising his role as doc Ock comes in at the end of the trailer in a massive entrance. And it's just like, mm -hmm. it's, it really starts to feel like, okay, now we're getting like the comic book Spider-Man that, that people have grown up watching and, and reading and loving. And they had to kind of go through this like integration with the MCU with the super young Spider-Man. And he's not quite fighting Doc Ock yet. And like, he's not quite, he's using pajamas and he has to get gear from Tony. Like there's, there's all this stuff that they did and true Marvel style. They had this slow burn where you really get to know Peter Parker as a character and what he stands for. And now 
I think you're going to really get to see some cool Spider-Man stuff. Uh, not that there wasn't mm. cool Spider-Man stuff before, but I, I'm excited about it. I think I think it looks great. I'm I'm finding that I get the same vibe from Tom Holland in the Spider-Man movies that I get from watching Chris Evans in the Captain America movies. Like it's just, <laughs> he's just a good guy. It's a good yeah. feeling movie. It's good screen presence. Like it's comforting. It's It's good versus evil. Like it's no gray, you know? You're, yeah. you're constantly rooting for the hero. Even if he makes a dumb mistake, you're just like, ah, why he's a kid. Like he just, you know, he doesn't know everything yeah. yet, you know? So that kind of stuff I, f- I feel is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, what yeah. do you think of it? Uh, I'm pretty darn excited. And, and I guess on, on the note where you said, it's like, ah, uh, he's a kid, but that that's one thing, you know, hats off to Tom Holland because he's, you know, in his twenties, but he's, he's got like this excited energy of, a teenager who just found out he's a superhero constantly and <laughs> i find it infectious like it, i just want to see him in as spider-man like constantly so the fact that uh, the trailer came out and he still seems to have i mean it's you're right he, the weight of what has happened is still on him but he still feels like he's got that there's still got he still has that energy about him um, oh yeah i mean like he's he's 17 like so yeah. when when the spider suit does something cool or he's able to like get into to to stark you know tech and create his own suit and, and before the climax of far from home like you can kind of see him in his own element it's like when a a 17 year old that's really into cars get to drive gets to drive a really fancy sport car for the first time like it's just, it's that just that kind of excitement like this is just ridiculously cool you know yeah. i i I, 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 you get that enthusiasm and excitement coming across. And I, I, I like the, um, the lines that you get when he's doing superhero stuff and he's in danger. Like he's trying to save the day and something happens. That's like really awesome. And it's, you really kind of get that, that vibe from him. There's actually a line like that in, um, civil war winter soldier tries to punch him and he catches it. He just kind of grabs his arm. Goes, wow. You have a metal arm. Yeah. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, <laughs> Bucky Barnes is like, how on earth did you just catch my punch? Like what is going on? <laughs> and he's just like nonchalantly like, this is really cool. Did you know? <laughs> just, it's hey so, guys. <laughs> so really so good. I, I just, I, I love the delivery and he does that throughout all the films. And it looks like there's more of that in, in this. Um, I've heard some fan theories though. Have you heard about what might be happening? I heard I've heard some some theories, but let's uh, you go first. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm not familiar with it, so I don't know the how how on the mark this is going to be. But the reason that people are suggesting that it's not Doctor Strange we're actually seeing is because Doctor Strange is doing some stuff that's pretty out of character, um, mm-hmm. helping Peter for no reason, uh, just. Even though they've saved the universe together through great risk to everyone, finding the one scenario that worked in, I can't remember how many million that he, 14 you know, million, yeah. 14 million, something like that, um, to just cast this spell willy nilly and, and yeah. not listen to Peter and not, not cast it in a way that May and MJ can still know who Peter is. Like there's just, there's a lot going on there that yeah. just doesn't seem to add up. Even, some of the mannerisms and stuff that even though it's Cumberbatch doing it, it just, it feels like it's a little bit off. So the, the fan theory is that it's, uh, it's Mephisto, uh, who is impersonating, uh, strange, but I don't know who Mephisto is. Like, I don't Mm. know. I don't know if like, is that, is that like Thanos level bad guy? Like who's Mephisto? Like, I just, I recognize the name, uh, but like, I really don't. 
then no, how would you have gotten this? On. How would you have gotten the spell off if it wasn't actually him, though? So I mean, that that's very interesting, and I'm not familiar with Mephisto either, but it's got me. Uh, that's. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one thing that I did not enjoy about the trailer. It just seemed like such such an out of character thing for Doctor Strange to do. So Mephisto is a magical character. Uh, superhuman physical attributes and intelligence, immortality and magical powers. Uh, aliases go for things like uh, the devil, Lucifer, <laughs> you know, evil incarnate. Like apparently, oh. apparently he's um, a big kind of like Scarlet Witch, um, uh, Doctor Strange villain. So maybe not so much a Spider-Man villain. So right. it, it could be more of a tie-in to the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness than it is perhaps a Spider-Man. I think the villains for Spider-Man are going to be Doc Ock and Green Goblin, but I think the catalyst that brings those villains to the movie is going to be Mephisto. Uh, mm. and, and I don't know if we're going to actually get to know that until the end of the film. This is, again, based on some people that are way better versed in comics than I am uh, talking <laughs> about it on YouTube channels and mostly TikTok stuff I've, I've seen. Some, some fun people that I follow that kind of break things down very concisely because they only have like a minute to do it on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you're just kind of like, oh, so that's who this Mephisto guy is. All right, well, that makes sense. Because like, I'm thinking like when I think Mephisto, it's like, is it another superhero? Because like, not a superhero, but like, is it just a bad guy with powers? Because like what he's about to do or try to pull off seems a little bit far-fetched. But mm-hmm. this is where I feel like Marvel going into their phase five you're getting into some stuff where, um, what's that other one that's coming out? The Eternals, like these the Eternals, yeah. These characters that they're introducing now, you're starting to get into like DC level, like Superman, Wonder Woman, godlike kind of powers, and mm-hmm. I don't know how. I mean, I trust the Marvel universe so far. Um, but one of the things that I liked so much about the Avengers is that so many of those characters are grounded Thor being the exception, but like Captain America, he's got limits, man. Like, like there's, there's that kind of, I want to say believability as weird as it is to say about a Marvel movie, but like, there's that level of, of being grounded in that world that they have. But when you get into characters like Mephisto and even Dr. Strange, that wasn't my favorite Marvel movie just because I find that the magic stuff just gets way out there really fast. And yeah, he's fighting Dormammu and he's, who's a giant cloud with eyeballs. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I kind of, as much as I love sci-fi and fantasy, like, could you just punch something? Like that's kind of what I'm here for, you know? So I, I I'm hoping that there'll be a little bit more to it than that. But again, Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a long burn. Like it's these the first movie is um, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Chang the Ten Rings, and that's out now. And that's the mm-hmm. first film officially in Phase Five. So um, we'll is see it how phase things five? go. Phase Four. Phase oh, five. am I getting am I getting past myself? I thought Phase Four was what we were in. Right. Maybe, maybe it is Phase Four. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. The next phase, we'll say. <laughs> phase four. If I just type in, oh my gosh. If you just type phase four into Google, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the first thing that comes up. Nice. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, there's a wonderful, helpful image here. Uh, phase four, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't okay. know if they've announced phase five. So you, were, I was I was wrong. I was calling it phase five and I meant phase four. Um, yeah, four... Uh, Love and Thunder, Captain Marvel 2. Um, it's not until later on. Well, no, What If is in this too. Okay, yeah. Moon Knight, that's another big one. 
so yeah there's um there's a lot going on and they've got these dates from like 2022 2023 there and i'm thinking man that's a long ways away Mm -hmm. except i have to remind myself i basically blinked and 2021 is now three quarters of the way through it's yeah no kidding no kidding but i like i said i i'm on board with with marvel i know that the spider-man films are not technically marvel but i think they work quite closely with them in order to get it right and work them in with the the mcu um the other trailers that i've watched are um video game trailers and they're uh there's not as much to say about them just that they look really cool but uh no man's sky frontiers is out that came out last weekend uh and it is a large expansion especially creatively for people that play no man's sky a lot of base building tools uh you can now take over a frontier town and there looks to be a lot of things that kind of have a more wild west star wars kind of feel to them rather than the shiny chrome that the the game has had previously so it looks like you can mix and match and kind of make up what you want to do uh so rather than just building your own base you can actually start a town and construct different things in the town help settlers um get trades and earn income uh, like in-game income Mm. stuff like that no man's sky is a real big sandbox game like it's just it's kind of the sky's the limit as to what you want to do um, I, I have enjoyed my time in it, but there are definitely some shortcomings, but it looks like a lot of this has been a quality of life update in terms of like the build menus being easier to navigate, um, being able to, um, bring, you know, your, your, um, stuff together so that it's all in one space, like that kind of thing. Uh, I have the challenge of owning it on steam, but also having access to it on Xbox game pass, which means that I could play it on the Xbox and I can play it on my PC in a different install. And the Xbox and the Windows install could talk to one another, but my my Steam save cannot. So oh, I'd have to start over again. But I was talking to a, a moderator in my chat, Skulldaisy, and he was saying that you, can, you can't really transfer the save, but you can log in with a new save on, say, the Xbox and then friend your other save. Um, on steam because it's all one perpetual universe and then you can meet up and kind of dump all your stuff off to the new guy uh and then so even though your storyline is going to start over again which wouldn't be the end of the world because it's been a long time since i've played um all of the stuff that you've accumulated you would not have to do that again i was like okay well that takes a lot of the grind you know out of what i want to do because then i could just start off with a pre-existing base a pre-existing copper farm like i could do all of these things and just kind of take over from where i was which would be cool um so we'll see i don't know if i'm gonna go through the trouble but the trailer does look really cool uh yeah no it looks good uh and the other one uh is something that i'm very excited for and i will definitely be checking out because it's part of the xbox game pass again uh forza horizon 5 did the initial drive trailer so this is the first like eight minutes of gameplay for forza horizon 5 i've been playing forza (laughs) horizon 4 since march uh more so in the wintertime, a little off and on this summer, but it's a beautiful game. And I'm not a car guy and I'm not a race game guy. And I'm just enamored by this game. It's just arcadey enough that you can still have fun with it, even if you're not very good. And uh, my gosh, the, the new game is set in Mexico. And the trailer shows them flying this huge cargo plane over the um, the area where you're going to be racing for the season and they drop you out of the back of the cargo plane with a parachute on the car 
on this giant metal support thing. <laughs> and then just as, and yeah, cause then just as you get 10 feet above the ground, they like release the, the clamps and you just hit the ground and you just, you got to floor it and just go. And so you're driving down the side of this volcano and I think it's a Range Rover. And then that race kind of finishes and they swoop back up to the plane. So, all right, let's see what you got now. And they drop you into some, I think it's a Corvette Stingray and you're driving through a sandstorm in, in the desert. Then they put you in a land, another Land Rover or a Jeep or something. And you're, no, it's a, it's a BMW um, off-road thing. So then you're going through like rivers and jungle and there's flamingos taking off because you're driving through the rivers and there's all this stuff that's happening. It is stunning. And then the last one, I don't remember the name of the car, but it's a Mercedes and it looks like it's about a foot off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it looks like a spaceship nice. and the and the, and you say, all right, I'll race you. So the guy in the giant cargo plane says, I'll race you to the, the event and you've got to floor it and kind of get to the event where you're going to be doing all of these different races and, and, and promotional events and stuff, which is, but that's what the game is. Like you, per, you participate in all these different kinds of races. You can do off-road, you can do drag racing, you can do street racing, you can do all kinds of stuff. And this thing just flies. It's doing something like 237 miles an hour <laughs> around these oh curves and in, in the, the dune coast of Mexico. And it is a beautiful game. Like it just, it just, it's over the top kind of um, need for speed type stuff without the violence. Like it's, there's no guns or anything in it. It's just a race game. Right. But my gosh, am I excited for this game? <laughs> it looks so I'm good. To check out the trailer. Just, it is. Just, just to take it in. Yeah, no, it it's worth it just to kind of see, because um, that's what my first experience was with the with Horizon Four. I didn't know that's what they did. Uh, and Horizon Four, you're watching the oh, you don't remember the name of the car. I think it's a McLaren, the blue McLaren, and it's it's a mm. beautiful sports car. And you're watching this cool trailer of this McLaren speed around in England and 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 uh, Scotland. And then without warning, they say they just kind of like put up the UI and all of a sudden you're in control and you're driving this thing. And it's not the starter car. This is the McLaren. <laughs> so it's like, Oh my God, how do I not, how do I not die? Um, but it's a really good way to kind of get you excited. And there's always somebody on the radio. Uh, it's usually like the promotional person about the event saying like, good job. Just follow that t- car. Or like hurry up. We need you at this space in this time. And so they, they give you a little map and where to go and stuff like that. But yeah, check out the trailer. It's fun. It's, it's definitely a, a, a good ride. It's not, it's not a boring kind of like presentation about like, this is what the game is going to have. They're just like, no, we're just going to show you how awesome it looks and you know what to expect. It's, it's the fifth version (laughs) of this game, right? Like people, people know what they're getting with Forza. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it because it's just going to be, I I mean, I pay, I think it's $10 a month with my, with the deal that I got on Amazon, uh, for the Xbox game pass. And it'll, I'll just, I'll just have access to it when it comes out in November. So I'm looking forward to it. So moving on into what if we have seen, I've seen all four episodes. Have you seen four or just the first have, three? Yes. You have seen four. Okay, cool. So I'm going to give a spoiler warning here. Um, we did talk about the first one uh, last week, so I'm not going to get into that, but um, I have seen episode two, three, and four. And uh, if I may, before we get into the two, three, and four, I just have to say episode one. I did not realize I needed a Captain Carter movie until that episode came out. Oh yeah. I feel like I could have, my only complaint about that, it was just so much crammed into a half hour. I just felt like, man, that was too cool. I think that's one of the things that is 
both good and bad about these things is that they are giving themselves a time limit. They are asking big reaches in those small time limits. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works like with agent Carter, not with agent Carter, with, with captain Carter in that episode. Uh, um, But then other times it doesn't work. Uh, I watched the um, episode two where uh, T'Challa becomes star Lord instead of the black Panther. And I was taken out by a number of things. One of the biggest reaches was that Thanos is a good guy. And, (laughs) and he kind of, I mean, it's supposed to be funny that he keeps on harping on this idea that it's even unfair if we just kill half of the, you know, half of the population of the universe (laughs) and people kind of roll their eyes like, Oh gosh, not this whole thing again. Like how many drinks have you had? Like, could you just leave it? Like it just, it becomes like a, a, the butt of the joke, but I don't know if Marvel fans are ready for that. Like, I think that still hits kind of close to home for people that, that are really into this stuff. And so I don't buy that. And it's because they didn't give enough time for that Thanos character to be anything more than a punchline. Uh, so that that to me didn't sit very well. But for me, the te- the second one, I enjoyed the um, the idea of it and the fact that instead of being a selfish, you know, uh, glorified thief, um, that T'Challa as Star Lord becomes basically like a very popular um, problem solver and political. Yeah. You know, like he becomes a, a a prince of the stars, so to speak. Almost an actual Star Lord, <laughs> like like he, like a worthy of the title, not something he has gave himself. And of course, voiced by Chadwick Boseman, who uh, mm. unfortunately passed away. They dedicated the episode to him. So like, I, I can't say anything bad about that aspect of it. Um, no. But I really felt technically I was pulled out of it. Specifically, Yondu, the lip sync. And I know I keep on harping on this, but even just the animation on some of the main characters was awful. Like it was phoned in kind of awful and it really pulled mm. me out of it which is too bad because some of the exchanges between yondu and and t'challa were supposed to be pretty heartfelt and all i could see was just like it looks like yondu's teeth don't fit in his head and his lips are not moving <laughs> with the words or naturally at all like it's it's like no one tried uh yeah. and so that kind of stuff was disappointing considering the budget that this thing should have like it's disney like come on yeah. You know, pull up your bootstraps. Uh, I I don't think there's any excuse for that. So that it lost some major points for me. Um, but other than that, I thought it was kind of a pretty interesting, fun kind of feel good take on the whole Star Lord thing. Yeah, I have to go back and watch that again. It didn't. I mean, these are things that you look for from you with your animation background, and 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 I'm not saying it wasn't so painfully obvious that I shouldn't have noticed it, but um. We don't have the hugest TV and we just sort of sit down as a family and watch it. So I guess I don't, I sort of allow myself to just go with and try to enjoy the storyline. But it's, um, I guess my beef with, I guess just before I get into number two, my beef with these so far is that I feel like they're all called things like, what if, and then what if this tiny thing changed? Like in, in the first one, what if, um, basically what if Carter didn't go up in the upper plank, she just stayed at the bottom. It, like it was a singular decision that changed, which then altered the course of that storyline. Wherever the, all of the other ones so far, including, or all of the other ones afterwards, including the, what if T'Challa becomes a Star-Lord, which I think is an odd title to begin with, but um, basically a number of little tiny things would have had to have happened in, in order for this ship to not find Peter Quill and go pick up a child um, 
just outside of Wakanda of all places kind of thing. So it's, I really enjoyed it, but that's, I think that's the only, that's like the overarching thing that seems to bother me the most. I think that's where the multiverse loses me. Like when you start to get into the, you know, infinite number of possibilities and all this kind of stuff. And that's why I'm glad they're exploring it in a what if. And I know that there's going to be a multiverse in, in the Doctor Strange film, but I'm really hoping that they can keep it more concise. Yeah. Just smaller. Yeah, concise. Because you're just like, if you get infinite possibilities, well, then it's like, well, then why are you telling the story? Like it just, yeah. it just, it, cause it, if it can end in an infinite number of ways, then somewhere there's a happy ending for somebody. Like I just, that kind exactly. of stuff kind of opens up this can of worms of, of if there's that many, then why bother? It's mm. like, I'm not interesting. I'm not interested in the fact that there's thousands of stories. I'm interested in this one because I'm invested yeah. in, you know, Peter Parker or Captain America or, you know, Thor or what, like whatever characters I'm looking to follow that's what i want to see you know and the fact that i i guess the thing that that i don't like about the multiverse is that well i just watched this cool story but because i know there's a multiverse this doesn't matter yeah and that's what it yeah. that's what it feels like to me but the problem uh, and i think this is kind of like a, a general kind of feeling from the next two uh for episode three and four they're not feel good and most no. of the Marvel movies are pretty feel good, even when something dire happens. You still yeah. leave that theater going, wow, that was crazy, cool, and tragic because it was Infinity War, but we're gonna there's an ending coming. Like we there's gonna be a part two, and you know the good guys win. Yeah. You know, like it just but there's generally a, a, an upbeat at the end of most of these things. And these what if things, they're not. No, even even episode two didn't. Um No everything to seem to be hunky dory at the end and t'challa get to meet his you know was brought back to earth met his father and everything which i want to talk about because that that i have a problem with that as well but but basically at the end it was like this this get together with everywhere where everyone was fairly cheery and, and then and then they basically go and say oh too bad somewhere else ego's actually meeting peter quill for the first time and the world ends because you know Ego's plan actually comes to fruition because Star, the original Star Lord, didn't have, you know, all of the moral upbringing or or all of the moral kind of checks and balances from be, from being Star Lord and being a hero. So basically, Ego comes in. It's like, come on, you're you're basically half god, and let's go destroy the world. So, yay. Yeah, like they kind of just they undercut the 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 solid endings, and yeah, with the third one when it's uh, all of the Avengers are being murdered. I'm just like, I don't want to see this. This is not, yeah. this was not on my list of like, oh, that's a cool no. idea. Let's watch that. I mean, everybody right from widow. I mean, the only person that's, that's not dead is captain America. Cause he's still in the ice. And yeah. uh, I mean, I did think it was really interesting how they did it. Like how they Same. revealed that it was um, not Ant-Man. I can't remember the first Ant-Man. What's his name? Professor um, Pim. Pim. And so like they revealed that it's him and makes sense like really makes sense uh and and kind of shows you the power of of ant-man and that technology and all that kind of stuff uh and was an interesting use of loki as well like in in terms of nick fury using loki to to beat ant-man uh but i like it just it doesn't feel good it like these are supposed to be heroes these are you know and even if the heroes that are struggling down their path like thor trying to get the hammer in new mexico and just dies 
you know and then same thing with with um hawkeye i'm just like this this is this stopped feeling good about (laughs) halfway through and then when you realize at the end of it that there just really isn't even a happy ending i'm just like i I don't know how much more of these i want to watch so Mm. uh so that that to me is has been one of the things that's been shortcoming and i felt the same thing about the fourth one with dr strange um there's so many, so many times that I can watch his girlfriend die in a car accident before I'm yeah. just like, this is, de- this is fucking depressing. Like I just, I, yeah. I do not, I watched the end of it because at the time you and I were going to be recording last Wednesday. So I was watching it for the show because it had just come out and I thought, well, I want to be up to date before I talk about this stuff on the podcast. And I was just like, but I'm not watching it because I want to anymore. Like I'm watching it because I want to know how I feel about it. But like, I just, I'm, if, if. If it wasn't for the first one, I don't know that I'd be holding out hope for a better episode coming down the line. Yeah. Right? I Mm. know they can do it. I know they can do it well. And the second one wasn't, like, in terms of the story, it wasn't, like, awful. So, like, I know that it was interesting, you know? So I know that they can do it. But these last two, if they had started with these, I would have been out. Nope, done. You can have (laughs) it. I don't, not interested in this right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the second one, actually, it was a lot brighter for the entire story. I mean, I, I'm glad it was because that being um, Chadwick Boseman's last performance. I mean, T'Challa is awesome. He's he's just, he's a great character. He, he might be, he's one of my favorites in the MCU series of movies. So the fact that he was able to come back again and have, you know, that positive of a story, I thought it was a bit over the top. Like everything, everything seemed to work out wherever he went. But it was just sort of, uh, you know, attributed to the fact that this version of Star Lord was such a great guy. I just it it became comical after a while, but it was I th- I think you know it being Chadwick Boseman's last you know recorded performance. I th- I thought it was a nice little send off for him. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What did you think about three? Like, how did you react watching that? Um, I was all right with it. It just it, I guess my same beef sort of came in about partway through. It was like the. Or near the end, it wasn't even like the what it's what if the world lost its mightiest heroes, but it wasn't even that. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, but it's it's basically what if Hope had been recruited as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent earlier in her life? Like that's that's the what if. And I realize they can't say that because that's part of the big reveal at the end because Hank Pym as Ant-Man goes crazy because Hope dies or something happens to Hope. We don't know exactly what, but it's. Um, yeah, it was definitely, I was hoping to have more time with each of the characters. I found it, all of these characters that we grew to love, it was weird that, you know, Tony Stark's there and he's just, has a couple of quips and then he's just dead. It's like, oh, and I I don't even remember if Thor had a single line. He just, you know, fought everyone walking his way up into the hammer, to the hammer, the same way he did in the original Thor movie. And then... You know, Hawkeye's got him in his sights, and basically, Ant Man triggers triggers the uh, his his finger so that he lets go of the arrow accidentally, and it kills Thor. And part of me wonders if an arrow would actually kill Thor. That seems to be a little bit weird. I had the same thought. Yeah, I was just like, well, I was like, wait, like, how does that work? Like, I understand that, like, at that point in the Thor movie, Odin had sent him down to Earth, and I guess made him mortal. Like I get, like well, I guess, removed the power of Thor, so he didn't have I don't the power. Think so though, I just think he wasn't worthy because. Yeah. I mean, I know this wasn't a fight type thing, but 
you know, he, he drank the professor under the table and that seems to be like a God type thing. Yeah. And he, he basically carried him back home. No problem. He still seemed to be. Yeah. Fair. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, but it just seemed weird that an arrow, you know, even though Hawkeye has an incredible selection of gadget arrows, that one arrow would kill a God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as guardian, you know, like still. Yeah. Not, not necessarily immortal, but not, not mortal by Earth standards, but exactly. So I guess maybe as guardian, but then just not worthy of Mjolnir. I don't know. Yeah, it was interesting how they killed off the Hulk, though. I wasn't expecting them to be able to, but um, I'm not pleased that they did again because it's someone else we've come to love. And and you know, uh, Mark Ruffalo in there voice acting it. We actually got to chat with the Hulk or heard the the Hulk chat more in the in the episode, so it felt like. You know, they're building that connection with them and then they managed to kill him off. I thought that was an interesting way that they did it. Yeah. I think the things that I took away from episode three that I liked the most were the exchanges between Nick Fury and Widow and mm-hmm. Fury and Coulson also had some good uh, exchanges. Well, I love Coulson. I was so glad he came back. Yeah. And especially after having watched the entire S.H.I.E.L.D. series, like mm-hmm. that, and, and Coulson's, you know, alive and well throughout that entire thing. So to have him come back into it, one of the, the I guess, Disney authored pieces was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I mean, obviously, uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and like all oh, yeah. of those like one liners and like all that kind of stuff I felt was was really well done. And um and again, like the the subtlety in some of the animation for Widow and Fury, like they they did much better on that particular episode than I felt they did mm-hmm. on number two. Um, but then when they get into to four, again, you know, Cumberbatch is is voicing Doctor Strange. Um, I found that some of the intimate moments between Christine and Strange to be a little bit awkward. Um, but I. I'm not a fan of the style of repetition that they use in the Doctor Strange storylines. Like Mm. there was a point during the first Strange film where he's fighting Dormammu and he's doing this time loop stuff. And after three, I'm just like, I get it. Can we move on? Like I'm, I understand that you're doing a time loop. Like, let's just, can you give me a fast forward montage of what's happening so that we can just get (laughs) to the end of this? But they just kind of kept on going. And I felt that they did that with this too, except for instead of, cocky Doctor Strange confronting Dormammu. It's Doctor Strange watching his girlfriend die over and over and over again in a car crash. And I'm just like, I can't take any more of this. Like, this is just, you know, it's no wonder that he goes mad. Yeah. And ends up being this weird kind of like Dracula-esque looking character uh, by the end of it because he's absorbing the power of all these other magical beings. And I just thought like, well, this is not going to end well. Um, Like, have you seen any... (laughs) If you've seen any sci-fi, it's just like, nope, this is always, this is never a good trail to go down. And um, then eventually he has to consume, I think, himself or something. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it really gets out there. And on top of it all, he manages to save Christine and then he has to watch the universe implode on both of them. Like it's just, it's really. He saves her only to have the world implode because he saved her. But because the world imploded, she ended up having to die anyway. So yeah. it's basically, yeah. And I think too it was, that it, because of that loop of the story, because of that inevitable, oh, what do they call it? It's a, the ancient one comes in and calls it a, some sort of point. 
Like there's some points oh. in time that you cannot move. They're not immovable. They're key points or or anger. Yeah. Uh, anger points. Are they anger points? They might be anger points. Anyway, they, they call it something special. The idea is that there are some things that you just can't change. You know, your girlfriend dies in a car accident. Sorry. That's just, you can't undo that. Uh, and he just strives to change that anchor point. Uh, and when he does that, that's what causes the whole thing to collapse, the whole time thing to collapse. But because of that loop, because of going back in time to repeatedly change this thing that ends up ending all of it anyway, why, like, why bother? Like, if that's the end, if that's the closed loop, then that's done. I don't need to know about it. All yeah. it does is give me a tainted version of Doctor Strange that I don't like, that um, has a story with a terrible ending. Not, not terrible in that it wasn't quality, but terrible in that it's sad and 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 not feel good. It's like I don't like I don't need it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it just beca- it becomes like instead of what if, I'm just asking why. You know. <laughs> Uh, so that, like, and that's, I know that there was a, a series of comics in like that do the what if thing. And that I know of several friends that think that they were really good when they were growing up, but like, I just, I, I might be too much of a, of a literalist when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm. And I understand that I'm definitely the boy scout, you know, Superman, Captain America, you know, punch the bank robber in the face kind of guy. Like I, I get that. I don't like gray heroes. They've never, never been my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I just, I, I've just not been able to get on board with these last two. I, I did like the pacing of this one the best I feel overall. I mean, I, I, I know you weren't, you said you weren't a fan of the repetition of it, but the first three to me felt like they were like, if these episodes had been 30 or 45 to 60 minutes in some cases, then the story would have been, it felt like properly flushed out. Like even, yeah, that extra 15 minutes. But it felt like this one as a half hour story, um, it didn't feel as rushed as some of the other ones did. So I was I appreciated that one. Even even my sons mentioned that. Like if they, they commented on it before I did, that they felt that the pacing in this one was better. Well, really the only character you're interact with, interacting with for the bulk of it was strange. Exactly. Right? Like they don't there's a whole cast of characters in all the other episodes but this is just strange ancient one she's in it for a hot minute uh christine is part of it for the flashbacks and then i don't remember the name of the dude that he the old wizard guy at the temple i don't remember his name but there's one yeah. other person there's the inter- watcher the, and yeah. the watcher yeah that was the one thing that i thought was interesting about this um the watcher was the interaction between strange and the watchers the first time we've seen that where mm-hmm. one of the characters involved in these stories is aware that they're being watched because of how powerful strange becomes i thought i thought that was interesting yeah i actually think on that note now that i'm thinking about it it would have almost been nicer if they had to save this episode for a few down the road so that you have like somebody just watching watching all powerful not interfering just watching and then you get to a point where as you said dr strange gets so powerful becomes aware of the watcher's presence and they actually have an exchange agreed Moving on into the Internet Minute, which is brought to you by you. If you are listening to the Citadel Cafe, it is 100% listener supported. If you're getting value out of the show, maybe you consider putting a little bit of value back in. You can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server, as well as other benefits like website credits, 
thanks and bonus episodes. If you'd like to join the group of fun, nerdy people geeking out about these kinds of things in between podcasts, we'd love to have you. Patron count is at 24. I just checked that today. Our goal each month is to have at least one more patron than the month before. So we're even Steven with uh, August right now. If you'd like to be patron number 25, visit patreon.com slash the Sill Cafe. I'd like to see if we can even up this to having maybe even one new member per week. Uh, we have a lot of fun in the Discord and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's shared between my personal Patreon, my Twitch membership subscriptions, as well as this podcast. So there's more than just 25 people in there. There's more like 125 and it's, it's, a, it's a good time. Oh, nice. I've got two picks this week and they both involve bricks. The first one is <laughs> the Legos drivable Toyota GR Supra. It's an article on Motor Trend, and it is a one-to-one scale, half a million pieces, 2,400 hours of construction, and 3,000 hours of planning and preparation. The fact that this thing even exists boggles my mind, and it can be driven. (laughs) Like, it has a drivetrain in it. It is ridiculous and most of it is just a standard lego brick they didn't use a lot of very special pieces they kind of went at it like pixel art and kind of made all the smooth lines of the supra like with with lego bricks it's bright yellow and it is it is a thing to see uh it's on display in japan i think until the mid-fall or something but just the fact that they went out and accomplished this i think was just bananas no kidding. yeah i thought i thought it was really cool um it's got headlights and all that kind of stuff as well. So it really does look like look like a car. Um, the other thing is, again, a Lego uh, pick, but it's also a Lego set, a little bit more uh, attainable for the average, uh, the average consumer. This is the Lego DC Batman Batmobile Tumblr, which has been updated. And it is now, uh, I think it was 329 Canadian dollars, 2,049 pieces. And it is, where are the dimensions here? six inches high 17 inches long and nine inches wide it is not a small piece of kit that will take up a sizable chunk of your bookshelf uh looks pretty cool it's got some interesting um gold parts to it i didn't think that the tumbler had those kind of pieces to it in terms of i thought it was all black but um i just i i think they did a really good job i like the wheels uh there's it's such a technical looking build anyway Mm-hmm. that Just looking at it now yeah that the showing the studs and stuff on the lego plates kind of really services the build it kind of gives it a little bit more busyness makes it look more bolted together and uh industrial yeah. you know like it makes it look more aggressive um but <laughs> I, it's a pretty cool build pretty pretty cool nice. build. that's it for me what were your picks this week sir i actually had a lego pick as well this time it's uh i can't remember it was two or three days ago i saw an ad for um, I don't know if it's new, but it was new to me. The Lego R2D2, I think it's about 13 inches tall. And it has, it's pretty interactive for a toy. Like it's got, uh, when you just look at it on its own, it's got the two legs and it can kind of, you know, you, you move it around, but then it also has the third leg that drops down for when he needs the third leg. Then it's got the different um, tools that stick out so we can interact with the different ports. It's got Luke Skywalker's lightsaber um, that you can take out. And it's just, it's very cool. I was impressed with the level of detail on it. Lego all around this week. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really enjoy um, these 
it's they're they're not like play sets for example like it's not a ship with a little action figure like they're just they're kind of like shelf models or conversation pieces and it's it's also large like 13 inches tall that's not a that's not a small thing that's going to rival some lamps that i have in my apartment you know (laughs) um oh man see and this is the kind of thing that you'd, you'd hope that somebody would get like an aftermarket led kit and like make the lights on r2d2 oh, light up so like good. that would be really cool uh or even have like um some little hydraulics in it like little electric motors and just have have the head move around that kind of thing would be really cool um, yeah i see that all the time on some of the youtube channels i follow where people will take existing lego builds but then they'll add in um uh, technic parts or whatever to kind of make things move or add lights um, I follow a guy, I don't remember his name, but he has like a Lego city and he has got these tutorials on, on YouTube about how he added LEDs to all the streetlights in his city so that he can actually have it be lit up and, you know, have windows lit up and stuff like that. It's oh, very, cool. very cool. And not like crazy expensive because LEDs now have come down in price so much that when you're buying these teeny tiny little LEDs to kind of stick in your Lego city, it's not like it's going to break the bank. I mean, depending on the size of your Lego city, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> True. That wraps up this episode of The Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Stephen and I talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod, and you can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find us by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about The Citadel Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I am up to online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can listen to my other podcast all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. Brand new episode of that is out today. You can follow me on social media at Joel Duggan and I'll point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan where I'm streaming almost every day in September because it is September and uh, first time subs are 20% off. So I'm going to be playing some extra games. I'm going to be doing some artwork, maybe even a Lego build. So I will see you there at twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan. Steven, where can people find you online? I'm going to point people at Twitch as well. So twitch.tv slash Steven ESE. And again, Steven with a PH. feel like I'm making some solid progress on my giant stair temple. So come check it out really enjoy the the lava and the lighting that you got going on it's it's looking really cool yeah just i when a build gets to that point where you're lighting it and all like like a good chunk of the construction is done and you're kind of working on more of the nuance it really starts to come together thank you you've been listening to the sizzle cafe where we are fast easy and cheap but you can only pick two (laughs) 